InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. More blacks and Hispanics are going to college these days. But a recent study found that they're not ending up at schools with high educational standards. With a look, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Jeff Stroll, Director of Research at the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce, and he recently co-authored a study of minority students and their access to the nation's top universities. Give us just a quick summary of what it is you were studying. Well, we were looking at changes in enrollments over time from 1995 to 2009 and found, to our surprise, while we've been having increasing minority enrollments, huge increase at 107% among Hispanics, that there's been increased racial polarization. And by this, we mean that the majority of the new white enrollments have been going to the most selective schools in the country, the top 468, while the majority of the African-American and Hispanic new enrollments have been going to the least selective and open access schools, which has direct impact on their graduation rates, even if you have equally qualified students. One of the reasons this is such a problem is because of the differences in the long-term financial situation of those who graduate from higher-end universities versus other schools. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole set of important implications. First, the graduation rate. If you take equally qualified students, the ones at the open access schools are graduating at about 30 to 40 percentage points lower. So they graduate about 49 versus 82 percent in the top selective schools. So that means they don't even have a college degree earning differences over the life cycle of two to three million dollars. Among those who go to community colleges, they often stop out with a certificate or an associate's degree, which also has big impacts on their life earnings. While the students who go to the most selective schools They go to graduate school at a higher rate. They go on to get professional degrees, which, of course, impacts their life earnings. But an interesting finding in the study is that of the minorities, the African-Americans and Hispanics who go to the most selective schools, the racial divide begins to diminish. They get graduate degrees at the same rate as their white counterparts. So let's just get to probably the crucial point. Why do you think minorities are not getting access to these top universities? Well, the problem has a bunch of different facets. I mean, of course, there's the standard readiness argument that many of the minority groups coming out of the high schools are not as well prepared for the more selective schools. But one thing that we did in our study was controlled for college readiness. And in this, we see that the same biases exist in where people go. And a lot of the reasons, one, many of the minority students are first-time college-going students. They don't have college-educated parents to help them set their goals as high. And so they're entering college, so they go to the local community college where it's much more likely that they'll just get a two-year degree. So there's a lot of this that falls into what we call expectation formation. They just see themselves as getting an AA, and they don't know that their grades are good enough to go to one of the more selective schools. They also finance, as you can imagine, as a big consideration. Many of these students don't actually know that selective schools are able to give them merit scholarships and would do so. From the selective school side of the game, there's been a lot of work done recently that suggests that they aren't casting their net wide enough. They tend to go to urban schools where they know that performance is going to be high. They know that they'll find high-performing minorities. And so the big schools are competing over a limited pool. And if they would just go out into some of the rural areas, smaller towns, they would also find 
highly qualified minorities. So there's a bunch of informational problems going on. We really don't think that, at least from our data, there's evidence of an overall explicit bigotory action going on. And that's what makes it hard for this to be an affirmative action problem because it's the whole system. Something's ingrained in the system. You know, every time you try to put your finger on it, it moves somewhere else. So I bet it would be pretty hard to legislate a solution to the problem. We're talking with Jeff Stroll, Director of Research at the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce, and we're discussing a study he co-authored that examined minority students and their access to the nation's most academically selective universities. Professor Stroll, I think many middle-class parents, white or black, would say, hey, we can't begin to afford these top schools anyway. Do you know what percentage of these high-end school students come from high-income families? We did an earlier study, but the bias is extremely high, as you might imagine. I think it was something in the order of about 62% of the student population going to the most selective schools were from the top quartile or top half of the income distribution. So clearly, money matters to get in. But they do give a fair number of merit scholarships, so there's room and space for students to get into these schools if they would only know that it's worth trying to apply. But one of the big problems that arises is for low-income kids, it's very costly. They don't have the same opportunities to go visit colleges during the summer. They aren't as able to apply to 10 or 15 different schools if it's $300 a pop. You know, it's expensive. You mentioned in your study that white students complete college at a higher rate than similarly qualified African-American or Hispanics. Any thoughts as to why that is? A lot of that is that we see that the flow of white students as well as the overall enrollment is skewed to the more selective schools, where the more selective schools are able, again, to spend more money per student. And we know that many of those dollars are spent on ensuring that the students graduate. There's counseling services, there's tutoring services, there's smaller class sizes, there's much higher full-time faculty to uh, adjunct where the community colleges tend to, because of funding, use many more adjunct and part-time faculty. And so things like that make a big difference on graduation rates, even among equally qualified students. What's the incentive for these top universities to address this problem? Uh That's a very good question. Many of the highly selective schools believe that diversity on the campuses actually improves the educational outcomes because they don't want to teach them in a homogeneous environment because they're moving out into an environment that's very multicultural. So if you learn in that environment, you're better prepared for the world that you go out into. And also many of the institutions, I'm at Georgetown University here, which is a Jesuit institution that has a social mission as part of its educational mission. So balancing diversity and giving opportunity is oftentimes part of their mission. So there's a lot of good actors out there. You've been doing similar studies for a number of years, but is there anything in this study that particularly surprised you? Yes. Our earlier work, we really focused on finely grained measures of selectivity. So we're looking at the top 40 or the top 80 schools. In this study, we've both looked at a much broader band of selectivity, as well as looking at the bottom. And so the thing that was very surprising is that the problem is not just 
the most selective. It's not just the halls of Harvard and Stanford and Princeton, but it's the top 468 institutions across the country. It's the entire 4,400 institutions in the country where these bias in outcome is happening. And I think that the depth of that issue should have us as Americans considering that there's a problem. We believe that education should be the great equalizer. And through this study, controlling for test score, we're demonstrating that equally qualified students are not ending up in the same places. And I think that undermines one of our fundamental American ideals. If you were going to give some advice to a minority student or their parent, what would you tell them? To shoot high to believe in themselves and to do a lot of planning. What do you want to do? Get done in four years rather than the average of six. But also understand that there actually is a fairly good chance, if they have good test scores, that they would get into a better school than they might normally apply to. Jeff Stroll, Director of Research at the Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce. Hey, is there a place online where people can read your study? Oh, yes. See ew.georgetown.edu. They'll find this study as well as many others on the value of uh, college education. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.